So it's, um, it's a real pleasure to welcome Gwen and Mark. I say it in that order because Gwen's going to be speaking, but Mark's equally important, of course. Adams, they're from Alaska. Well, they're from other places, but they live in Alaska. And um, Gwen leads the team Love Alaska. And uh, some, of the, uh, some of the photo gallery that you've seen as you come in is just a small portion of the remarkable work that they do meeting people in their valley. Gwen and Mark have uh, graciously agreed to be with us this weekend. We had a great time with them yesterday. And um, Gwen will be speaking at Resonde this afternoon between three and five. If you haven't signed up, and you can sign up, you're mad. You won't hear me say that often. If you haven't signed up and you can sign up, you're mad. You need to be there. It's awesome. Let's look at the passage today. Acts chapter 14 and verse 21. Paul and Barnabas preached the good news in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. After going through Pisidia, they came into Pamphylia and when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. From Italia, they sailed back to Antioch where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And they stayed there a long time with the disciples. So this is the completion of the first missionary journey and in many ways gives us insight and access to a very important element within scripture and a very important reality in all of our lives. It gives us an access point into the way that the scriptures repeatedly describe the life of faith. The life of faith described in the Old Testament is something that is similarly described as the life of faith in the New Testament. In fact, it follows the identical structure of a call by God, sovereignly offered to individuals and groups to go on a journey with him, to walk with him, to come to know him. And in the adventure of that journey, go through the struggles, the challenges that so often are described as the valley. Sometimes they're, they're pictured as a wilderness. Through the challenge, and then on to the completion. Now, all of us here are involved in a journey of faith. Whether you are a Christian or a pre-Christian, whether you are a long-time faithful Christian, or like so many right now, are finding the call to re-engage with God, 
and ask him to reinvigorate your life of faith. Everyone, everyone that you ever encounter is on a journey and it's the same journey. It's the journey of either hearing and responding to the call or hearing and resisting the call or perhaps resisting the call because you don't understand it or are ill-equipped by those around you to, to make an adequate response. But nevertheless, there is a call, there is a challenge, and there is a completion. And some of us here, in the, in the physical description of our life, are coming towards the completion of our journey. It's not that we can see the finishing tape just yet, and we're not entirely sure how many laps there are left. But certainly, it feels like we're heading towards the completion of the journey. And here, Paul describes the disposition of someone who is coming to the end of a journey, who has been through multiple adventures, has seen multiple expressions of this of this life of faith. Because of course the life of faith is set as a single arc of narrative, but within that story, it's as though there are cycles within it that repeat themselves over and over that give you access to the big story itself. And in the way that it gives us access to the big story of God's faithfulness throughout our life that we've sung this morning and had so beautifully presented to us in the worship, we get a grasp of the giant story of stories that begins when God calls light into being and ends when he rolls up the sky like a blanket and comes mounted on the clouds with the angels. So where are you in your story? Sally and I have been through multiple expressions of this journey. Of course, we're in a big journey still, but there have been multiple expressions of that journey. We've seen amazing challenges, difficulties, seen incredible breakthroughs as we've completed certain journeys. We've seen churches revived. We've seen generations touched. We've seen hundreds of churches planted. And we've seen, in one of those journeys, a ministry that was designed to create material teaching for the church to be able to engage with discipleship. We've seen that now multiplied to every continent of the world. And so, we're most certainly on a new journey. But from the perspective that we're on a new journey, I think I'm like Paul and Barnabas, and I'm able to offer you a perspective in this journey. Because I've been through that completion phase of missionary journeys in the past, just like Paul and Barnabas. Look what it says here. From Italia, they sailed back to Antioch, their home city, their home church, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. 
Now, the word completed is an interesting word in Greek because it suggests fullness. The old English word replete. I always remember sitting at college. Um, we're there in the, in the banqueting room and um, we're dressed for dinner because it was a special occasion. I'm the president of the college and I've had to do an after-dinner talk. We've told the gentlemen after their first course that they may remove their jackets once we've toasted the queen. And so we toast the queen, we remove our jackets and we continue with the conversation. And then at the end of the meal, the principal of the college said, I feel replete. And I thought, that's a great word. I'm going to put that in my vocabulary from now on. I like that word. And he kind of tapped his tummy. He said, yes, I'm very replete right now. He was full. He wasn't overfull. He wasn't undernourished. He was just right. He was replete. And this word, complete, is very much connected to that word. And the original word in Greek is much more about that, that just being the right kind of fullness, fullness. And that, that fullness equips you. It enables you. It, it, it strengthens you. And from that perspective, Paul and Barnabas, full of all of the adventures and grace and faithfulness of God, as they've been through this first missionary journey, are able to look back and share with the disciples in Antioch what it is that they saw along the way. And what did they see along the way? Well, it tells us here, this is a snapshot of the journey as a whole. They've seen large numbers of people become disciples of Jesus. They've seen small embryonic churches emerge in, in houses and synagogues. They've seen the emergence of leadership as they've observed who it is that's carrying the weight of maturity within the congregation. We, we don't know the names of those elders. We, we know the names of some of the people that Paul met. They were the women who had nurtured Timothy, Eunice and Lois, faithful women who carried the burden of maturity and, and poured it into that young life Timothy, so that Timothy in the second missionary journey, as we'll see, will join Paul in the great adventure. And one day will be the leader of the greatest church in the world, Ephesus. So here is Paul looking back. And as he looks back, he recalls what it was that he said to those new disciples. They freshly heard the call. And he says this, we, not you, we must go through many hardships to enter 
the kingdom of God. We must. We must go through many hardships. The hardships are but an entrance to a greater understanding. The hardships are an obstacle that has to be overcome. The hardships are a difficulty that must be wrestled to the ground so that what is on the other side of the hardship can be embraced and received. We must, we must. Paul says, this is not something that is restricted to the superstars. This is not something that is confined to the poor and the lonely. This is not something that is just for an exclusive or unfortunate few. This is for all of us. We must, we must go through. Where are you right now? Have you got through or are you in the midst? Have you come through or are you in the center? Have you found a way to wrestle the hardship to the ground so that you can feel victorious already as you see more of what the kingdom of God is? You see, the kingdom of God is a reality that is like a landscape. It's, it's a reality that, that brings forth abundant fruit. And from time to time, travelers who have been to that abundant land will come to you with the fruit of their harvest and they'll say, taste this. And you'll taste the powers of the coming age. And you'll say, I, I want that. But you've already entered into it by consuming some of its fare. You've already entered into it by, by receiving some of its reality. And already you're beginning to engage in what it is that Jesus said is the most important message that he can carry to them. The time is right. The kingdom of God is at hand. Turn around. Turn around, repent, and believe the good news. And so we have this foretaste of the kingdom. We, we see that the kingdom is in our midst. We recognize that the kingdom is being born amongst us. We know that it's like yeast in the dough, bubbling up, beginning to leaven the whole lump. But we've, we've not seen all of, the, all of the kingdom that we look for and long for. And we know that in every occasion that we taste it, we want more. And Paul says, I know you want more. And I know that you're not going to be satisfied in your longing for the kingdom of God until Jesus returns and he completes the process. He finishes the task and reveals the kingdom in all its glory. I know you're not going to be satisfied until then. But you can see more. You can know more. You can experience more. You can engage more. And you can share more from the fruits of a kingdom that others as yet have not experienced.
and you say, well, I'm, I'm ready, let's go. The kingdom sounds amazing because the kingdom is a revelation, is a window into heaven, and in heaven there's no sin. In heaven there's no sickness. In heaven there's no Satan. In heaven, all of the suffering and sighing, they're gone. Every tear is wiped away. Our mourning has turned to dancing. And we'll have finished the journey. I'd like more of that. I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to know more of that. I'd like to, I'd like to embrace more of that. I'd like to know more of that abundance, that glory, that harvest. I'd love to be able to share it with others who as yet have only tasted but a morsel. I'd love to be able to do that. And Paul says, I know. And the way that you'll experience more is that you, like me, will go through many hardships. And you say, but wait, why hardship? Why should it be that it's so difficult to to receive a greater revelation of all that God wants to give us? Well, in this There is mystery that we are not able to plumb because we have to trust that the one who made us and saved us knows what's best for us. But we don't have to live these stoically negative, awful lives where we are thankful for the dust and ashes. I was, um, I was at the uh, Discovery Bible community last week and we, um, we were chatting away and I was getting all kinds of great stuff for the sermon and we were looking at this passage and uh, one of the, the members there, um, all of them are like, you know, half my age and less. Um, and um, and we're, we're chatting away and I was just, just saying, you know, I remember something on YouTube that I saw recently. And um, I was gonna show it today, but I thought I'd just tell you about it because we get a lot of videos. Who wants more videos? You don't get storytelling, do you? You get videos. So um, I'll tell you the story. So I said, um, I saw something on, on YouTube about a, about a butterfly in a cocoon. And it's kind of, you know, like this. And you, you, you watch it for a little while and you see that it just, the cocoon just kind of just shakes a little bit. And then as it's shaking, it kind of increases the shaking and then a leg sticks out. And you look at it and you're thinking, why doesn't somebody help the butterfly? And it's shaking away. And it's struggling to get out. And it's desperate to get free. And I can remember saying to a biologist friend of mine, okay, 
this is a bit of a weird thing, isn't it? He said, no, no, it's not weird at all. He said, if you help the butterfly, it'll die. I said, what? Being kind to one of God's creatures is going to kill it? He said, yeah. He said, the struggle is designed to force the blood to the wings so it can fly. In the midst of the struggle, those who attend to the Lord will rise up on wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and they'll not faint. They'll go go through the fire and the flood. Why? Because they came through the hardship. In the wrestling and the struggling, the life of God was forced to the extremities of their life and now they can fly. They're no longer turkeys able to just capture a little bit of air every now and again, being fattened up for the feast. Now, they're majestic birds of flight, able to see further than others and to go greater distances than others. I, um, I took a yoga class on Friday uh, because I'm old and inflexible. Now, I'm not one of those people that believes that yoga is a work of the devil. Um, it's only a work of the devil if the people who are teaching it are of the devil, as far as I can tell. And uh, the person that was teaching me wasn't like that. And um, the thing that's really, really shocking is how terrible you are at it after you've spent your whole life trying to stay fit. I mean, it's like I'm useless at this. I can remember the first time I took it on, they said, so um, is it beginner or intermediate or advanced? I said, oh, I think intermediate. (laughs) Seriously? I was halfway through, every part of my body was shaking. And the person said at the front, now you can take child's pose at any moment if it's too much for you. And I could see all these thin slips of women around me and they're not taking any moments to kind of have a rest. And so I just carried on until I collapsed at the end. Because I'm proud like that. But as you you get fitter, physically fitter, we understand spiritual fitness. And physical fitness is about strength, stamina, flexibility, and rate of recovery. Strength, stamina, flexibility, rate of recovery. Okay, I want you to say that to the person next to you, make sure you get all four. Strength, stability, flexibility, rate of recovery. 
Got it? Spiritual fitness is about strength, spiritual strength, that you begin to engage and understand in your weakness. Because Paul says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Stamina that teaches you that because of God's faithfulness, you're able to persevere, not in your own capacity to persevere, but because he's carrying you all the way. Flexible, because the grace of God enables you to reach beyond what you would naturally reach to, to people who are way beyond your group, your place of comfort, and rate of recovery. Everyone gets knocked down, everyone falls, everyone fails. But it's the ones who quickly get up who are the spiritually fit. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. God wants us spiritually fit. He wants us to have blood coursing through our spiritual veins. He, he wants those wings like eagles to be extended so that we can fly. The Lord is encouraging you today. He's putting courage in you today in the midst of your valley. It could be a valley described by your family, your, your marriage relationships, your, your children. It could, be, it could be things that are described by your friendships and people who are struggling. It could be a hardship defined by your workplace. It could be your hardship defined by money. Here we are in the midst of our hardship. What is it that God will do? I think it was Wednesday morning. I was, um, I was in the prayer time. And uh, generally in the prayer time, I'm writing down things that I'm hearing from the Lord and making notes for Sunday. And sometimes they appear on Sunday and sometimes they don't. They're just all part of the process. And as I was doing that, I was, um, I was feeling in my little leather binder here, and I, I don't know why I was, I was just kind of fiddling around, and I felt something just underneath the surface. And I, I went inside, and there's a zip here, so I went inside the zip, and there's an old key card with my name on it. I thought, that's interesting. But I've seen something else in there as well, so I pulled that out. It's an envelope uh, from the bank, and I thought, just like me, I leave stuff around all the time. And I was just about to tear it up and throw it away. And I thought, there might be a, I guess there might be a receipt or an invoice in there, I better check. So I opened it and there was a hundred dollar bill in there. Don't you love little finds like that? <laughs> Whoa, thank you, Jesus, that was awesome. And it's felt strangely prophetic felt strangely prophetic. And I shared it with the prayer teams in the evenings one night, and um, a, a gentleman on there who I've got a great deal of respect for has a hugely responsible job, said, I think you need to share that on Sunday. 
And I said, what about? He said, I think, as I was praying, I think that people need to hear that God is reaching out and touching their life and giving them the key to the financial freedom that they're looking for. Giving them the key to the abundance that they've been longing for. Now he's not one of those prosperity gospel types. He's not even close to that. And I said, okay, I'll let me think about it. And I thought, you know, it fits so right in the midst of this little passage and story here because so often we find ourselves struggling and wrestling and it's a difficult thing to share with other people that we feel the financial extremity right now. And in the midst of the struggle, God is extending his hand to us and saying, I've got the keys to all the resources of the kingdom and they can touch you right now. So friends, where are you in this journey? At the call, the challenge or the completion? Have you finished previous journeys and you're starting new ones? Are you aware of the people around you struggling and suffering, longing for the touch of freedom? Wherever you are in the journey, I'd invite you to embrace the words of Paul. The hardship that you are currently going through is designed to give you access in greater measure to the kingdom of God. And when you have that greater measure, you'll have a greater insight into the destination, which is our journey's end. If today you're in the midst of a valley, I'd like you to stand right now and um, we're gonna pray. But sometimes you need to recognize that and you need to just say, you know what, it's tough and difficult. These are the things that I'm struggling with right now. And you offer them to the Lord. And I believe in doing that, you already have access to a fresh revelation of the kingdom. So stand right now and um, we'll pray together.